Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas, or at church1132.com. I'm starting a new series today and uh, continuing some of the, the thoughts that Pastor Steve gave us last week uh, called Smoke and Mirrors. Smoke and Mirrors. And so uh, this is Smoke and Mirrors Part 1. Uh, we got a mirror uh, up here. It's a nice one. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 19 is going to be our text. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Now this is the thing about James is... You don't have to read very far before you can have your own, I mean, we can have a message and go home, all right? James will tell you like it is. And he says this, and, and let's just put ourselves into the scripture today. Let, let's just apply this. So when, when I say apply it, this is what I mean by that. I mean, when you read it, I want you just to ask yourself the question, not, this is what we usually do in church, is my neighbor like this? I want you to ask if you're like this. Okay, this is like, I know, I know, very introspective. I mean, this is like, this is me. I don't want to be selfish. I know you want to, you want to make sure your husband's living right. But let's just, let's just look at us for a second. And, and you know, it really helped me in my marriage when I realized, and I had a loving mentor in my life, Pastor Steve, that, that, that told me that the problem was me. I was not about to go back to counseling. After that, it's like, you know, if this is the counsel you're going to give, like, I'm done here. And so he, he, he said, that, Dustin, the, the, the problem is you. Because what we get caught up in is trying to better everyone else and judge everyone else. And we neglect the question that it should be asked of ourselves. So as we read the text, I want us just to ask questions. Today, this is just for you, okay? I'll just, just be selfish today. Make it just for you. My dear brother, he, he, he tries to kind of trick you. My dear brothers and sisters. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, this is key, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Today's a very practical, very simple message. We just got out of series. We can't stay here where we went deep. We talked about moving on. We talked about challenging ourselves to get out of the place that we are. But I want to just, just boil this down to some very simple practicalities, especially in the face of what our nation is facing and, and, and what we're going through. I think it is very important for us to look at the Word of God and see a picture of how we should be acting how we should be responding, and really how we should be living. Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors is a phrase that, that, that is used. and People would say it's slang, smoking mirrors, or, or different, type of, different type of ways. It means this, that some something that seems good but is not real or effective, and that is done to take attention away from something that is unpleasant or embarrassing. 
Magicians would use smoke and mirrors to make things disappear or appear by extending or attracting mirrors amid a distracting burst of smoke. It's my concern this morning, it's my concern right now in this season that we're in, is that our Christian life sometimes is like a version of smoke and mirrors. We try to do the best that we can to present ourselves in the best light. We do the best that we can to try to look like we should be looking, but the, if the truth were be told, if we really looked into the mirror, if we really looked at this thing, we might see something different than what we really think that we see. But the Bible says in James, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. The Bible teaches us that a true disciple is not one who learns to know, but who learns to do. There is a dif difference between someone who is learning to know and learning to do. If you are the same person you are today, if you've been serving God, you've been in the church, and you're the same person today that you were 10 years ago, we have a problem. Because we're supposed to be continuing on. We're supposed to be learning and growing. We're supposed to be moving on to maturity. We're supposed to be moving and becoming more and more like Jesus. But my concern is that we live in a culture of smoke and mirrors. That even church has become smoke and mirrors. Even our lives, our work life, our, our family life has become smoke and mirrors. We are experts at showing people what they need to see or what they want to see. But the truth true reality is not in what we show people in a display in the dining room, but it's in the kitchen of our lives, in the very heart of who we are. The Bible says that God searches the thoughts, the motives, and the intents of the heart. The thoughts, the motives, and the intents, that has nothing to do with the things that we present. It has everything to do with where what we present comes from. Jesus always took things to the heart. The Bible teaches us that Jesus, when he talked about the, the Ten Commandments and he talked about the law, he always took things deeper than what they were. He said, you have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I say, if you even look at a woman to lust after her, you have committed adultery in your heart. Jesus was always drilling down deeper to what the real issue was. Now I'm going to tell you this this morning. Is we live in a very, very uh, tumultuous time. In our nation. In the history of the church. In the history of politics. We live in a tumultuous time. And it is really important that we do not look into the word. And forget what it says. But we begin to apply what it says. And live it out in our day to day lives. I don't know if you've ever been in one of those crazy houses, fun houses, you know, where you look in the mirror and it makes you look different than what you are. I used to have this mirror and I thought it was accurate. I thought, I, I thought it was accurate because I had it, but it was a cheap one, you know. I got a cheap mirror and I put it up, full-length mirror, and it always made me look about 15 pounds heavier, which I really liked at the time. And, and so I'm, I'm, like, I'm like 20 years old. I look in this mirror and I'm like, really? Wow. Those weights are paying off. So I just, you know, I walk out of the room feeling good because what I looked at gave me an image that gave me confidence, but it wasn't accurate. I looked into a mirror that gave me a false image that I linked onto, that I latched onto, that then I lived my life by. 
Some of you, you, you got some of those mirrors that make you look skinnier than you are, a little lighter. It's like you, you love that mirror. You get on the scale and see that, but you look in the mirror and see that, and like, I'm going with the mirror. And it's like the mirror distorts an image, and then we live in the understanding or in the perspective of that image. My son Jude, my oldest son, he is learning how to use smoke and mirrors. He is learning the switch. He's two and a half. He's learning switch and bait. You know, he, he bait and switch, back and forth. He, he's learning this. The other day, I said, hey, Jude, it's, it's, it's time to go to bed. He says, mommy, my tummy hurts. Now, now he knows. So I say, Jude, are you ready to go to bed? Mommy, I'm hungry. What he's trying to do is distract from what is really happening. I'm saying, Jude, I would like an answer to my question. Are you ready to go? Mommy? My tummy hurts. He is learning how to move things around for his advantage. And what is seen in the life of a toddler is demonstrated in the life of a believer because we know how to bait and switch to get what we need. We know how to come to church and put on our Sunday best and lift a hand and maybe two and really worship God and then go home and live the same way that we did. We can get on social media on Friday night and Saturday night and we can post all kinds of hatred and come into the church and shake hands and say, bless you, brother, on Sunday morning. Smoke and mirror, smoke and mirror. I wonder if God might be a little more concerned with the integrity and the purity of our heart than maybe we expect him to be. Maybe, just maybe, that God's looking for us to look not just into a mirror that shows us what we want, but into the mirror of his word that really shows us authenticity of who we are. Billy Graham says, we are the Bibles the world is reading. We are the creeds the world is needing. And we are the sermons the world is heeding. We are, you and I, we are what represents a Christian nation because we are a collection of Christians. So it is very important that we do not give the world another demonstration of smoke and mirrors, but there has to be some central line of integrity. There has to be some, some plumb line, some pole, some center, some base, some foundation that we live our lives on that when people look at us, they can see Christ. When they look at us, they can see the Word. When they look at us, they can say, that is a believer. That is a Christian. There needs to be something different between the world and who we are. There needs to be a separation. There needs to be a difference. People need to see through our love and through our forgiveness. They need to see through our gentleness and through our self-control. We're good at communicating what we should be and judging people by what they're not, but we do a bad job of getting in front of the mirror and really seeing who we are. Jesus actually used the illustration. He said, you need to pull the plank out of your own eye before you remove the speck of dust in your brother's eye. But the truth of the matter is that we are so concerned with that speck of dust that we can't even see ourselves. You can be cheating on your wife and you are judging someone for showing up late to church. You, you could be watching CNN and you can judge the heck out of everybody on the planet and you can be living in sin yourself. Well, I got quiet in here. Let's, 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 try some, let's try something else. I got to get away. I got to get away from that. 
Because we live in a culture of smoke and mirrors, and we live in a Christian culture where it has been acceptable to cuss your kids out on the way to church, but walk into church and serve as an usher. There's got to be some balance, some integrity, some truth of who we are. James says, don't just be hearers of the word. Pastor, I've been teaching for 27 years. I know, and let me just ask you, how much have you changed? In, in 27, man, you must, be like, you must be like Jesus. If you've been serving for 27 years, studying the word, my goodness, there must be so much fruit from your life. You must be one of the most gentle people. Yeah, I'm just not gentle. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness, kindness, and self-control. Part two, I'm going to preach on the gifts, uh, on the fruit of the Spirit. You know what fruit is? Fruit is evidence. Well, how do you know it's an apple tree? By the apple it produces. So how do you know if the Spirit is in you? By the fruit you produce. I'm not trying to come too hard right now. I'm just trying to say we've got to have a meeting point. We've got to have a reckoning. We've got to look into this mirror and say, wait, I'm not what I should be. This is not condemnation. This is not judgment. This is real, in real actuality, noticing that I don't match up with what the Word of God says. So I've got to adjust. I have never hit the rumble strip, the little vibrating strip on the freeway and been like, oh, I can't believe they put that there. Why? I'm grateful that it was there so I could make an adjustment. I did not lay in my bed that night. I did not lay in my bed that night and think, oh, I cannot believe I hit that. How could I have wandered? How could I have wandered off the freeway and hit? Dustin, you idiot. You call yourself a driver and you hit the rump. No, the adjustment was so that I wouldn't wreck. I don't have to live in condemnation because my reflection doesn't match up completely. I just have to know that I've got to make an adjustment so that I can be more like him. And if I can be more like him, then people will recognize not me, but the God in me. And if they recognize the God in me, who knows? We might see a revival in our nation. Who knows that God's hand might still be on America. And he's not just waiting for a politician to be elected. Maybe he's waiting for a Christian to be a Christian. Maybe he's waiting for the church of Jesus Christ to stand up and be counted. Maybe he's just waiting for people to look in the mirror and see who they really are. I was reading on a bunch of different topics this, this week, and I came across this phrase. It says, the worst type of deceit is self-deceit. The, the worst type of deception is self-deception. Isn't that the truth? When you think you're right, but you're wrong. When you look in that mirror and you think you're ripped out of your mind, but you're not. Back in, back in the day, this will date me a little bit. Back in the day, it used to, it used to be cool to have, like, now it's like you got to wear baggy shirts. You know, like, that's what's in. You know, like, like, but it used to be, like, tight shirts. So after I looked in my mirror, it's like, man, I'm getting a medium. Y'all know what a medium is? Right, it's like, it's like, wow, Dustin, you've been hitting the weights? Mm-hmm. No, I just got a smaller shirt. That's, that's it. 
smoke and mirrors. That's smoke and mirrors. That's, that's what you do. The, the worst kind of deception is self-deception. I want to begin to wind down with, with, with a couple different things that I think will give us context to this mirror that James talks about. He says that oftentimes we look into the mirror and we forget what we saw. And I want to propose this to you today is that most of the time the mirror that we look in is not the mirror of conviction. It is the mirror of comparison. Because I'm not looking to see if I look like Christ. I'm looking to see if I'm better than you. That's how we get our morals in this country is if I'm doing better than you. If I'm going to church more than you, if I'm not drinking as much as you, if I'm not compromising as much as you are, if I'm not flirting as much as she is, if I'm not, it, it, that, that, my mirror is a mirror of comparison, not of conviction. My mirror shows me what other people are doing, and that's how I judge myself. But I want to give you a couple mirrors. The first one is the mirror of our culture. The mirror of our culture. Our culture has affected what we see as right as wrong, right and wrong. I'm going to tell you this, that in our culture, what we believe as a culture, what we've fallen into as a culture, does not negate the Word of God. The Word of God is still the ultimate authority on whatever culture we live in, on whatever country we live in, on whatever state we live in. We've got to yield to what the Word of God says. Just because it's culturally accepted doesn't mean it's biblically accurate. Which means we've got to know our Bibles. Like old school, old fashioned, get our nose in the book and begin to read the Word of God. You would be amazed at the writings in the New Testament, that talk about our Christian conduct and our Christian behavior. We are trying to find verses. We are trying to find mirrors that condemn others. But if we would really look into the mirror of, 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 of conviction and we'd look into it for ourselves, we would see that we have been indoctrinated by culture that says it's all right to talk this way. It's all right to be this way. It's all right to do this. It's all right to do that. It is all right to have a church like this. It's all right as a Christian to participate in that. We have been caught up with the mirror of our culture. Our measurement system has went from mirrors, has become mirrors of comparison instead of the mirror of conviction. Where does the mirror of conviction come from? It comes from, the Bible tells us in James, by looking into the perfect law, which is Christ. How do I see accurately who I am? I cannot look at you. I cannot look at our culture. I have to look at him. The second mirror is the mirror of our church. The mirror of our culture, we understand that, but our culture, I mean, you know, our culture. Oh, my, you know, our nation. Wait, but what about the mirror of our church? You know, some people don't feel welcome in church because they feel when they walk in, they'll be judged. And we would love to say, no, you won't, but the truth is, sometimes we are. Isn't that sad? Oh, we, say, we say all our things. We put on our signs, everything. Welcome, welcome home. We got our greeters with smiles. But the truth of the matter is we're fallen humans, and at times we judge people. And it was really interesting. We always judge others harsh, more harshly than we judge ourselves. You, you know, when you were compromising, there was a reason. But they're just evil. 
right? Like when they messed up, well, they were weak. But when it happened to you, you were burnt out and tired. And but it, We judge others with a different measurement than we judge ourselves. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to open up these, these scriptures and to open up the mirror and let us look at ourselves. Because I believe that God is raising up the church for such a time as this. I believe that God's raising up believers that worship in spirit and in truth. I believe that God's uniting a group of people to, to further the kingdom of God. But we have to, before we can do anything, we can't have smoke and mirrors. Because I've, I've never, I, I, I'll say it this way, the attack of the enemy is usually to expose what has been smoke and mirrors. Because if he can destroy the platform of your integrity... He can destroy your influence. That's why we have to see accurately and act accurately. The mirror of our church, our church affiliation should never be confused with our Christian responsibility. Well, pastor, I go to church. I'm so happy that you came here and got free coffee and free childcare. I, I mean, I like, really, I, I am. But... Your Christian service is different than your church affiliation. I love the church. This is what I do. This is what I give my life to, to build the church. But your Christian service is different than that. This is your own personal responsibility to do and to be. Well, you know, I know a bunch of people at the church. I know some people in leadership, and they do. You're looking in the mirror of your church and not in the mirror of your convictions. Well, I mean, you know, he's been married for a while, and he does it. No, no, no. This comparison thing has got to stop. You are a man of God. You are a woman of God. And you are responsible for your own life and your own living. And you've got to look into that mirror. And you've got to say, God, where do I line up? Wow, I'm not as buff as I thought I was. That realization is the beginning of freedom. Because it's authentic. It's reality. The third mirror is the mirror of our community. Everyone's in culture and we make all kinds of excuses for culture. Everyone's in church and as the church grows, then we make all kinds of excuses for church. But let's talk about your community. What is this? The little group you run with. Your crew. Your people. The people that, that are around you. See, we, we, we can be around. We can judge everybody else. But then it's like in our crew, then we feel like it's safe. Well, I can finally just talk the way I want to talk. Because it's just us. Oh, man, can you believe them? Can you believe her? Can you believe? We can bash each other's husbands and bash each other's wives because we're in our crew. We're in our. You know what that measurement is? We, we put a guise of, and we justify it so many different ways of, of a safe place to talk. I need to vent. I need to all this. But where does it, let me just, where, where does it line up? With what the Word of God says? I was with a pastor that, a real prominent pastor, a pastor I love and respect. And we got outside of a meeting a couple months ago, outside of a service, and this dude just like, something made him mad, and he just like let off, just swearing. And I'm like, what is, what is, what is that? But in the community, now he would never do it on the pulpit. But when we got in our circle, our little crew, is all right because it was safe. I don't know if I hate something more 
I'm not trying to be like too harsh, but I don't know if I hate something more than duplicity. I just, I can't stand duplicity. And you know what? I think that God cannot stand duplicity. The fact that we would make an excuse and we look at the mirror of our community, we're like, well, we look pretty good compared to him and her, and look what she's doing, and look what he's doing. It's like, I'm doing all right. But we have looked in the wrong mirror because as soon as we walk away from that mirror, we forget. The Bible says what you need to do is you need to look into the perfect mirror, the perfect law. We need to look into Christ, and we need to see what he says. And throughout this series, we're going to look at some things that the Bible says, black and white in the New Testament, that says this is Christian conduct. This is how we should. Be a light to those around us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 11. Let, let, me just, let me just read what the Bible says. This is just one passage of many. It says, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things. That would help us all right there. Just set your things. Don't set your mind on things down here. Just stop stressing about things down here. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Verse 3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, listen to this, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality. It's just Bible, okay? So I just like, I just... I don't want to read it through, through fast because then we'll just be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But I, w- I want you just to hear it. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just trying to get you to look in the mirror. And looking in the mirror should not make you feel bad. It should say, oh, thank you, Lord, for the rumble strip so I can adjust my life so that I can walk in freedom. Because I heard it, we heard in James that the reason that God's asking us to elevate our standards is so that we can walk in freedom. We think that standards are to imprison us. Standards are actually meant to empower you. God says, I want you to live in freedom. That's why I'm giving you these confines, these these boundaries to live in. It says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality. Well, I'm not being immoral. Impurity. That just took it another step. It just impurity. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. It says, put to death impurity. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is bad. This is bad. There's more. Lust. Lust is wanting something that you shouldn't want or wanting something that you can't have. Not all sexual. This is where where coveting comes in. It's when you drive out of your garage and you look at your neighbor's car. It's like, why can't I? I should have got a promotion. This is stupid. I can't believe I have to go to this stupid job. Lust? Evil desires? Well, I'm not evil. Greed? Just being greedy, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now, a new life, you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger. It's getting hot in here. Rage. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I have a temper. Yeah, get, get rid of it. That's, it, no, that doesn't, doesn't work. doesn't fit. Malice. Slander. You know what slander is? We could talk about this one for a while. 
Slander is me telling you anything that makes me telling you about someone that makes you think differently of them. Oh, that parking lot attendant, do you see how the way, do you see the way they looked at me? Slander. Do you know what gossip is? Talking to anyone about a problem that cannot add a solution. I just need to vent. No, you need to look in the mirror. You need, it doesn't fit. It doesn't look good on you. It's not, it's not the accurate picture. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to come to you. I'm just trying to get us. This is where the duplicity or this is where the lack of respect for Christians and church. This is why people, when you invite them to church, say, well, it's just a bunch of hypocrites. Because we don't understand Christian conduct. Because under grace, we say that we can just do whatever we want. And that's not what grace is. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is covering for your sin. Which means I'm trying to adjust. And if I get a little bit out of line, there's grace that covers it. But I come back to the perfect mirror, which is Christ. And I'm saying, I'm going to do my best to adjust. I'm going to do my best to adjust. Says slander and filthy language. Wait. Filthy language? This is getting nitpicky today. Filthy language. Really? Yeah. Filthy language. You've been looking in the wrong mirror. Well, our families always talk like that. Your family trumps the word of God? Well, I had a mentor that always, man, when he was frustrated, he just always, he said it was the purest form of the word to use expression and passion. If that's the only word you can think of, oh, okay, I got to I'll be careful. I'll be like, really? That's excuses 15-year-olds use. You're 45, sir. Stop making that excuse. Stop making that excuse. I just don't know how to express myself. How about this? Look into this mirror that says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Well, now you're getting all super spiritual. Is that not what this is? This life? Is that not what this is? To come into alignment with spiritual things? Filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Christ is all and is in all. Let me close with this story. John chapter 8. I'm stepping on your toes this morning. But it's because, I, I, it's because I love you. I'm not trying to judge you or condemn you or make you feel heavy when you walk out of here. I'm trying to just say, make sure you look in the right mirror so that you reflect the right thing. Because your influence is being affected because you're looking in the mirror of comparison instead of the mirror of conviction. Did you know that what you value will be evident in your behavior? Your convictions are demonstrated by your behavior. It's, it's shown by what, the fruit of what you do. John chapter 8, there's a story, and many of you know this story. It's about a woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And when you look at this story, it's like, wow, man, this, Jesus is, Jesus is wow. Because the Pharisees, and let me just help you out. The Pharisees were religious leaders. Okay, they, they were leaders in the church. All my small group leaders, just be careful. Um. Just tell myself to just chill out. It's not, it's not 6 o'clock. It's 9.30. Uh, 
religious leaders, the teachers of that day. And it says that they brought this woman to Jesus almost triumphant. Look at Jesus. We caught this woman in the act of adultery. Look at her. Jesus knelt down beside her in the love and the grace that only Jesus can exude. I mean, it's just like it's unreal. She was caught in the act. I mean, it's like there's no way around this. There's no justification. She's probably disheveled. She's probably barely dressed. She's there, and Jesus just gets down with his love and his grace. See, when we hear a message like this, we start thinking like, oh, man, Jesus is angry with me today. No, that's that's the thing. This is the crazy mystery of Jesus is he's not doing this for his good. He's doing it for your good. And so he says to the lady, he says, he says, come on, come on over here and begins to talk to her. And the Pharisees said, we want to stone her because the law says that if she breaks the law by committing adultery, then she has to die. And so they picked up stones as to stone her. And we learn from the story that Jesus, he looks at them and he says, all right, no problem. Whoever of you who has no sin, throw that first stone. The Bible says he just got down. I don't know what he was doing. It says he was writing in the dirt. You know, Some scholars say that they think he was writing their own sins in the dirt. Like, he's probably writing some lady's name, looking up like, you know what I'm talking about. Susan. They're like, hey. Jesus like, I ain't no fool. Starts writing in the dirt. They wanted to To me, it's like a picture of the church so much. They pulled someone that wasn't a part of the church into the church so they could punish her while turning a deaf ear and a blind eye to their own dysfunction. Do you see how wrong this is? And Jesus says, hey, this this is the deal. This lady, I'm going to forgive. And he says to her, he says, you're forgiven. Go and sit. So he says, go and sin no more. It's not an excuse for her sin, but he says, I'm going to forgive your sin. Now go, make an adjustment. Now that you've seen me, and you've seen grace, and you've seen in the perfect mirror of Christ, now go and sin no more. And the Pharisees were infuriated, and they couldn't throw stones because they knew they had sin in their own lives, and they'd messed up in their own lives. But that's the grace of Jesus, is he'll take you right where you are, he'll take you right where you've been, he'll take you right in the act of sin, and give you forgiveness, and give you grace. And this is where we find our conflict, is that the Pharisees were not unbelievers. They were believers. They were, they were religious leaders. Do you know where? I'm just going to tell you this. It's already just saying everything. Do you know where 90% of our problems come from? People that have been in the church a long time. Because you all just get set in your ways. You can't see why we're doing what we're doing. Past your own desires and your own selfish gratification of what you want the mirror of the church to look like. And it's sad. Honestly, this week I was grieved. I was grieved. Because I was looking at the state of the church. 
we've got smoke and mirrors going. Where is the sincerity and the purity of heart that just says we want to, we, we'll do whatever, we, we'll do whatever, Pastor. We'll do whatever. We'll do whatever, Lord. Whatever you want us to do, we, we just want to be sincere in our hearts. And yeah, they came in and they're a mess, but God, give them grace. Give them grace. You know what our, the mission of our church is? To know God, be strong, and to do great exploits. You know what? This is, this is really amazing. And the woman caught in the act of adultery, she didn't know him yet. But they expected her to do. They knew him. So he expected them to do. Knowing him comes before the expectation to do for him. This is where religion comes in, is we try to do for him so that we can know him. But I'm going to tell you, no matter what you come with, no matter what you've been through, you can come. And being a part, being with him, knowing him, will then result in you doing for him. And the problem is we've got caught in this religious cycle of smoke and mirrors where we try to do for him. So people think that we know him. But this is what it, how, how, do, we, how do we look into this? Do we get a list of all the things we've got to cut out of our lives? Do we? I think really what we do is we stop looking at our crew our church, our culture, and we look at Christ. And we say, how do we, how do we measure up? If you look at anything else, you'll feel condemnation. You look in those eyes, and you feel grace. Well, I'm not, I'm doing all those things you said, Pastor. That's okay. That's okay. Let's just take a step today. Let's take, let's remove a little bit of smoke. And let's start looking in the right, just take a step. Because together, I'm telling you this, together, some of y'all don't not even believe what I say, what I'm about to say. Together, we can change our nation. I believe it more than I've ever believed it in my entire life. I could not sleep last night after watching way too much CNN yesterday. I could not sleep last night. But then I begin to think, God, where there is great opposition, there must be great opportunity. Where there is a lack of the people of God, you must be preparing the people of God. There must be a process of preparing. Something must be stirring in the earth. Something must be happening in America. God must be raising up men and women of God. God must be doing something. And you know what it is? He's bringing the purity back to the church. He's bringing the integrity back to the church. He's bringing back the value of the name Christian. I'm a Christ follower. I am who he says I am. I will act. I will behave. I will operate like he said. And I don't have time to throw stones and judge anybody else because I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. I keep on looking in this mirror, and I'm just going to keep on getting right. I'm going to keep on adjusting. I'm going to keep on doing the best I can because I want to do it not to know him. I want to do it because I know him. Do you see that difference? I'm not telling you, like, just get this list out and start trying to do it. Just look at him. Look at him a little more. Look at him a little more and watch your life change. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.